Would you like to be happier? Would you like to have a stronger marriage? Would you enjoy having a better relationship with your children, your parents, your siblings, your friends, the people that you work with? Wouldn't we all? In a world where we have everything at our fingertips, have more wealth than can be imagined, and are protected by many devices, God has been replaced. People are experiencing loneliness, stress, depression, and a host of many other mental illnesses. The temperature of the world continues to rise as people try to figure out what to do about climate change. Crime continues to rise as people spread further and further apart to keep themselves from harm. What if the answer to all these concerns is God? Join me on this podcast as I journey through a passage that has shaped the life of my wife and me. Psalm 127. This passage holds the keys to what ails the world. I absolutely believe it. Join me in this podcast as we journey together talking about life, love, work, play, all of it, just to figure out if God is really the most important thing in our lives. Hello, and welcome to Unless the Lord. I'm your host, Alan Getty. It is good to talk to you guys today. I'm sitting out on my porch today. Um, It's in the morning and just got done um, doing some things out here. And I thought, you know, it is a beautiful day. I'd like to just sit out here and talk to you guys. So I've been sort of discussing the last few weeks the idea of protection. And uh, last week we talked about protecting our stuff and really just sort of the idea of insurance and um, home alarms and just the concept of what we do and what what we will go through, what 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 heights we will attempt to make to protect our things. And this week I wanted to talk about finances. Before I talk about that, I just, man, my week this week was, was pretty hectic. Um, you guys, my regular listeners, you'll know that, that I, um, I really love my community. I really love where I live. And last year there was this, uh, basically a call out for people with their CDL to come and help drive buses at the school district. And so last year I went and decided to do that. And, um, of course it took a lot longer than I thought it would because when I went in to take one of the tests that I had to take, they put me on the little eye thingy to test my vision. <clears throat> and uh, I said, I, the one side, she said, read everything. I'm like, yeah, it's great. I can read everything you put out there. And then the other side, she goes, and it's all blurry. And I say, I think something's wrong with your machine. And, and after several attempts, um, and she told me to move my head, I realized I had something wrong with my vision. So... Then I had to make an appointment to get my eyes checked. Then I had to get glasses. And then after that, I I got to that point and then I needed to do another test. So that took me a long time because if you've ever, uh, well, if you've ever lived your life, you know that 
going to the MVD and taking tests and going through the process of sharing all your information and making sure you have bills and making sure you have everything you need to prove that you're a resident can take, <laughs> it can just take a bit. And so had several things to do, wanted to get my son his driver's license and uh, wanted to have vacation and wanted to do all these other things. And so it took me until really about a month ago before I was able to get back down there, do everything that I needed to do to get my CDL bus driving permit. So this last week, yeah, this last week I started the process of um, of learning how to drive a bus and all the ins and outs of driving a bus, which, let me tell you, for people who ride, for people who send their kids on school buses, you guys, you guys need to know that uh, that is one heck of a vehicle. I mean, I learned some things this week that just blew me away about school buses. And I think what a, what a concept to think that we've, we've done an entire, we've built an entire industry transporting our kids from their homes to their schools. And, and I think we're, we might be, um, and I, I didn't do any research on this, so, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but we might be one of the only countries in the world that does that, that says we're going to create this industry that moves kids from their home to their public schools. It was very impressive. <clears throat> anyway, that's not what we're talking about today, but I just... I wanted to kind of share that with you. It was it was very enlightening and, and very interesting. Um, and I'm having some fun with it. So be praying for me as I go through that process because uh, when I'm done, although I'm, you know, I'm not quitting my job and going to be a bus driver, the idea is that if, if there's um, a need, let's say on a weekend, there's... 12 teams that have to go and do things, I can then step in and help in that role to be a driver for one of those teams, for one of those activities, so that um, now now they'd get to go on their event, whereas before, maybe they, they may not have been able to go. So that's the idea. I want to be there to help kids in our community. <clears throat> so, and, and it will be some, some side gig money, not a lot. But um, it'll be a little bit of extra money in my pocket, and maybe I can spend it on fun stuff. But this is what we want to talk about today. So I, one of the things that I have noticed uh, is this idea of fear over your money, especially over the last, let's say, two years since the pandemic, uh, since the government did government bailouts and and uh, sent checks and, and all of that. What One thing I'm hearing a lot of or, or have heard a lot about is this idea of our money is not safe. The banks are going to fail. The stock market's going to crash. Your home value is going to plummet. Uh, and it's too expensive to buy a car. Which, by the way, it was really expensive to buy a car. But anyway... 
Um, and I hear this, you know, if you listen to certain news stations, it's doom and gloom and, and others, it's not so doom and gloom, but then maybe the news station doesn't share the doom and gloom, but then you listen to the commercials and it's a constant barrage of protect your money, protect your money, protect your money. Well, if we relate that to the passage that we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks, um, we relate it to the idea of unless the Lord watches the city, unless the Lord guards the city, the city guards watch in vain. That idea of, of putting the Lord over all things and letting the Lord protect all things we won't we won't make any drastic changes now now clearly in that idea there are some things that we you know that we already have in place that that exist because of man's man's thoughts they're not they're not god's things like the bank is not a god thing savings accounts it's not really a god thing um and so we have those things because man created them. Man, uh, man was the one that that decided they were necessary. <clears throat> In fact, credit cards. Every our whole financial system is based on man's on man's thoughts and man's designs. So before we get into too much, let's realize that let's let's set that down and go, okay, everything I have financially is based on this idea that man created it. So if we go back to the Bible and look at finances in the Bible, um, finances were basically how many crops did you have? How many animals did you have? How much could you barter? What trade did you have that you could barter so that you could live? If, If you had a big field that you could grow food in, you became, uh, you had more than somebody else, so you could feed your family, and then you could barter for things to make sure you could feed, uh, that other families could feed themselves with your food. And then people, um, if you go to like Ruth, and you and you listen to what happens in, in the story of Ruth, where Ruth goes uh, to Boaz's field, and it says she gleaned from what was left over. So in this financial system of Bible times, they would allow people to go back into their fields and take what was left over so that they could have food. So you had still people that owned things and you had people that gleaned off what other people owned. If you went to the market, you you might have a, a form of money that you got from a trade or from something of that nature, from a landowner, but it was all based on food. They, there was no, uh, the trades were not, um, <laughs> they, they all had a purpose. And um, I would say that still exists today. It's just that um, our trades look very, very different, and how we make money looks very, very different. But in the end, the idea of how you are to live is you make money so that you can provide a roof over your family's house. You can provide uh, a way to get places. So if we go back to Bible times, you have a roof, you have a horse, you may have a wagon. So now we have cars. You might have um, 
you might have maybe you're going to have clothes so you're going to have a way to make clothes all of those things still existed it's just now it looks very very different however back in in that time there was no i mean there were banks because you can there's a story of uh, of a man who gives three servants money and in that and when he gives them the money he says here's your here's your money do with it what you want and one two invest it one invest it in something else and so one makes money one makes a little money and one buries it in the ground and god looks at the man and says well at least you could have put it in a bank basically is what he says so that you could have earned a little interest and so we have this going on all the time this is not something that's new i would say the difference that we have today and, and what I want to focus on today is why we put it in the bank and why we invest it and our end goal. So if I look at what this verse says, unless the Lord guards the city, the city, watch, the city guards watch in vain. So unless the Lord protects our money, unless the Lord is over the thoughts and the desires of our money, then then it's it's all in vain and i would absolutely agree with that people hold on to their money for purposes that are not godly maybe not you maybe not me although sometimes i think i fall into that category you know this uh we have savings we have retirement we have all these things designed so that when we get older we can sit on our rear ends and do nothing and yet, I don't think that's what God calls us to do. You don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says, as you reach a certain age, learn to sit around and do nothing. I think that we are supposed to, as we get older, get to a spot where we are giving to the next generation. So our money then becomes a factor of how do we give to the next generation. And I don't think that means to make sure we have enough money in the bank so that our kids have more than we do i think it looks more like having money in the bank so that we can give our time to to it to an organization that is you know maybe it's a changing of careers maybe you reach a certain age where the career that you have you've built up enough that you can go do a career that that doesn't make the money that everybody else wishes they could do and i don't know what that looks like for me what that looks like is this is i as I look at my future, I, I want to have um, a way. I want to have a house that's paid off. I want to have things there so that when my family comes home, they have a place to go to. And, and then I also want to be able to spend my time doing things in my community that matter. So if, if, I, if I retired from being a children's pastor and I decided to, to drive a school bus every day, that to me is, is a great thing for me to do. I, I love that idea. And so those kinds of things fill me with, with joy to be able to do that. Or uh, I have a buddy that he's done well enough that he now spends his time helping out churches in Alaska in the summer. And sure, he fishes too, but he helps out churches in Alaska who need help. But then he comes home in the winter so that he can do, he can, he can be around his family and his kids. The goal here is this, is 
let's not worry so much about our money and let's make sure we're looking at it and looking at our investments and looking at our retirement to see what it is we're going to do with it. And so when we protect our money, when we hear things like better go buy gold, better do this, the banks are going to fail, the things are going to happen. Why are we worried about that? What is our end goal? What is their end goal? Well, their end goal is that you would put your money in their stuff so they can have their investment. But in the end, guys, God is the one that you need to invest in. All your money, all of your retirement, everything that you're doing, how are you going to use that for God? Not how are you going to use it to buy a bigger car, bigger house? How are you going to use it to buy... Um, to, to make sure that when you retire, you can have all that you want. Um, my, my pastor says, and I, I love what he says this, he says, uh, live like no one else today so you can live like no one else tomorrow. And, and I agree with that. I just want it to be, in my mind, I want that what does living like no one else tomorrow look like. I want it to look like serving the Lord in a capacity that nobody else could because they all have jobs. They all have to raise their families. They all have to be in this, in, in this certain spot. I want to live like no one else by serving the Lord wholly and completely as I retire. You know, I would love to be, I would love to help out a church and be their children's pastor, but not get paid for it, but be a really valuable asset for that church or to be a really valuable asset for that ministry. So, um, so anyway, so go back to this idea of, why do we protect our money? I think, I think there's no way to protect your money. <laughs> Hear me out on that. You can do everything you want to do. In the end, our financial system could crash tomorrow. And your money is gone. Would you still be okay? And if we put our trust in the Lord and we put our, our faith in that God is going to take care of us and what is our money really supposed to be used for but our there, it's to be used so that we can eat, so that we have shelter, so that we have transportation. If, if you take it and, and bury it down to those three things, then we spend a lot of money on things we don't need. So our money is designed, our whole financial system is designed so that somebody can live their life uh, with shelter, with food, with transportation so that they can provide shelter and food. Protecting assets, protecting your money is not something that God ever really... Investing, yes, but protecting, no. And as we go through this week, I really want you to take a look at a couple things. I want you to look at your, your investments, your portfolio, and ask yourself this if you have one. And if you don't have one, I want to tell you that it's okay. It's okay. It, some people have large ones. Some people don't have any at all. And what I want to tell you is that, it, is that if you can bury, if you can, if you can narrow down your your finances into shelter, food, transportation, you could probably have a portfolio pretty quick. Um, and that, to me, is a big deal. But what I want you to do is look at your portfolio, look at your finances. And what I want you to do is I want you to ask your question, what are the things I have that don't fit into those three categories? 
And why am I protecting my finances for those things? <clears throat> now, next week, we're going to talk about protecting our families. Um, I think that one of the biggest issues we have is that we think we think we can protect our families and um, we think if we think we can do that to a point that that we can always have our families around well welcome to a sinful world you probably can't protect your family but how can we take that idea of we want our family to be protected and turn it towards God guys hope you have a really good week um, again if if you like my podcast, and I hope you do, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. I would love for you to tell others about it. Um, also, if if you haven't gotten my book, it's called Unless the Lord by Alan Getty. And you can get it on Amazon, anywhere you buy books. Buy it for a friend. I think it's a great book. I think um, the more I read it, the more I become really excited that I, that I wrote it. Uh, also... Um, just another prayer request. I am about halfway. I think that we're about halfway through the process of, of making it an audio book. I'm really excited about that. I know a lot of people don't read anymore. And, uh, so I'm hopeful that the message that I share and unless the Lord will be able to be, uh, spread a little bit further with an audio book. So guys have a great week. Um, check out my website if you would like to, unlessthelord.org. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And please, if you wanted to email me, alangetty at gmail.com or uh, go to the website and ask me a question there, I would absolutely love to hear from you about how you would like me to change this podcast. Today was a little long, um, so sorry about that. I will trim it down for next week. Have a great week.